Today is Tuesday, December 8th. The title for our devotional is Became Flesh. Remember, for the first three days this week, we're talking through the statement of Jesus' incarnation in John 1, 14. John 1, 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Yesterday, we talked about the meaning of the Word. Today, let's look at John's assertion that this Word became flesh. The language John chooses to use here is very important. He says that the Word became flesh. This indicates a fundamental change in his nature. That means he didn't just appear to take on human form. In the dualistic Greek world of the day, that wouldn't be uncommon at all. The Gnostics, a prevalent early church heresy that attempted to blend Christian thought with Greek pagan religious categories, they would expect the gods to do that often. However, a god becoming man is akin to heresy in Gnostic thought. This also gives great credibility to the material world. The Gnostics believed that the material world was evil and the spiritual good. The Christian view challenges that by simply asserting that God, the one true God of the universe, became man. In this change to his nature, we must also note that this is solely in addition to his nature, not a subtraction. When Jesus incarnates, he doesn't become less God to make room for him to become more human. He remains fully God, just as he becomes fully man. In the words of the ancient church from the Council of Chalcedon in the 5th century, these two natures remain unmingled in one person. This is what's known as the hypostatic union. Despite how strange and sci-fi comic book it sounds, Jesus becomes the God-man. As the author of Hebrews clearly articulates, It is absolutely necessary for Jesus to be both God and man in order to mediate the new covenant between humanity and God. As a man, he can relate to our weaknesses and yet be without sin. He can identify with humans. As God, he can be the perfect sacrifice for the sin of the world. He has the authority to forgive sins because it is he whom humans have offended. Both aspects of his nature are necessary. I know this is strange, but when we ponder the mystery of the hypostatic union, we can appreciate the perfection of God's plan of redemption and cherish the humility of our Savior. For additional content today, I've included a portion of the Bible Project podcast talking about the nature of Jesus. Enjoy. So here's something cool. Okay. If you look at the Gospel of John, the opening sentence of the Gospel of John. Yeah. This is all connected in your mind. You'll see the opening sentences of John are drawing words and ideas from the shelves we've been looking at. Right. Specifically, the word, the spirit, and wisdom. Okay. So in the beginning. (laughs) Very clear. Yeah, very clear. He's replaying Genesis 1 before your eyes. Yeah. And what he says is, in the beginning was the Word. And we talked about the Word Mm -hmm. being there already in Genesis 1 when God spoke. Yep, God spoke. And then we saw that the Word of God is itself 
somehow distinct from God, mm-hmm. but also God. It can appear to people. Mm-hmm. It has hands. It can yeah. appear as a human figure mm. touching Jeremiah's mouth. So these are the the breadcrumbs that, mm-hmm. as a good Bible reader, you've been meditating on. Yes. And John has meditated on. Mm-hmm. And now as he's coming to pen mm-hmm. about Jesus, mm-hmm. he's pulling it all together. Yep. So he's going to draw and call Jesus before becoming human. Hmm. The, the word. word. Now, when he says, in the beginning was this personified divine attribute. Of God. Of God. He's also pulling on Proverbs 8. Hmm. That wisdom was in the beginning with God. We just read that, Proverbs yeah. 8. So in the beginning was the word. And then he has this line that, once again, seems like bad math. <laughs> the word was with God mm-hmm. and the word was God. Right. Which, He's coming out and saying what we've been kind of dancing around. Yes. Which yep. is this attribute seems distinct, but the same yes. as God. Yeah. It's the basic shelf created by... In the Hebrew Bible, God's identity is complex. And there are entities which appear that are Yahweh and at the same time are distinct from Yahweh. How else are you going to say it? And so this is how John puts it in as clear of language Mm -hmm. as he can. This word that we met in the human figure of Jesus. Jesus was the word. Mm Mm-hmm that you read about in the Hebrew Bible, and he was with God, distinct, Mm -hmm. and was God. He is Yahweh embodied. He goes on. He was in the beginning with God, just like wisdom he was back then. So just like through wisdom and through the word, all things came into being through him. Sorry, you're bringing wisdom in the mix just because wisdom was... Because we know from Proverbs yeah. 8 that wisdom was also there in the beginning. Um, yeah, Proverbs 8 is itself rereading Genesis 1 mm-hmm. and placing wisdom. And here's in, another rereading yeah. of Genesis so 1. Saying, placing in Genesis the word. 1, in the beginning, God, mm-hmm. by what means? By his spirit and by his word. Yeah. So Proverbs comes back and rereads Genesis 1. Says, hey, wi- God's wisdom was there. Puts er, wisdom, wisdom, lady in wisdom. The slot of yeah. spirit and word. Yeah, got it. And now John's doing it and he's putting. Word. Jesus as the word and as the wisdom slot in the beginning. So, therefore, all things, if he is the wisdom in the word, all things came into being through him. Apart from him, nothing came into the being that has come into being. In him was life, and that life was the light of men, and it shine, the light shines in the darkness. This is all the first mm. sentences of Genesis. Light, darkness. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, life and all that. Then if you go down to verse 14, we'll really draw it together. So the word became human mm-hmm. and... Flesh. Flesh, that's right, flesh. So that word became human, and you're like, oh, yeah, the word stretched out its hand to Jeremiah. Mm. The word's had a physical appearance before. Yeah, the word has appeared as a human before in the Hebrew Bible. But this time it's not just appearing as human, it's actually flesh. Correct. It's not just appearing as a human, it is a human. Yeah. And... Here's the second thing the word did. The word set up a temple. Yeah. It, it tabernacled. Tabernacled among us, and we saw his glory. Mm, his kavod. His kavod. So what he's saying is Jesus was a human <laughs> that was distinct from Yahweh, but is Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And he is the physical embodiment of God's word, his purpose. Mm. He's the physical embodiment of God's kavod, 
and God's glory which, also which lived in the temple and lived also in the appeared temple as a and appeared as a human, as a human, an exalted, enthroned human as the king of the universe. And then he says, "We saw his glory, glory as the unique begotten one, the only begotten one, from the Father, full of grace and truth." So the only begotten. Uh huh. What he's now doing is he's pulling on teachings of Jesus, Jesus's fundamental way of referring to the one who sent him and the mm -hmm. one that he as his represented father. as he his father. And then he called himself the unique son, hmm. who is distinct from the father and one from the father. For our reflection time today, reflect on God becoming human. Reflect on how he can identify with you he knows experientially your sorrow, your pain, your struggles. He was tempted just as you are and remained sinless. Consider his humility, his love and sacrifice for you. We cannot fathom the leap from heaven to earth, divine to human. Yet we know that this was a great sacrifice for Jesus. So how can you model this humility, this sacrifice and love for those around you?